0: I think I did. Good morning. I'm so excited to have the privilege and the honor of speaking to you this morning. Uh, today is a really special day, in that, just like Baylor said earlier, it's Baptism Sunday. Uh, I am a lot like Baylor, in that I am not an overly emotional kind of gal, but baptism, I cry every time. There's just something about watching somebody say, You may have known the old me. But this is the new me, and and I just love it's something about going down in that water and coming back up. I don't know what it is, but I cry every time. And it's extra special today because my husband and I are baptizing our oldest daughter today, which is yeah, it's really cool. She came to us when she was eight. She's going to be eleven in a couple of weeks. She came to us when she was eight, and she said, "I want to be baptized." And we said, "Okay, why do you want to be baptized? Why are we as believers baptized?" And she said, well, I don't know, all my friends are doing it. And we said, you're not ready yet. And so she would continue to ask us about every six months after that, can I be baptized? And we would say, why do you want to be baptized? We'd ask her every time. And the answer changed from, well, all my friends are doing it to, well, it's how we're saved. Wrong again. And so we would go over Romans 10, 9 with her, and we would say, you know, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's how you're saved. That's not what baptism is. And so I would start saying this phrase to her. It's a public proclamation of a private decision. And you could tell in her child mind, it kind of just went zoom right over her head, and she was like, okay. And so she came to us in March, and she said, I want to be baptized, And we said, why do you want to be baptized? Why are we supposed to be baptized? And she said, because I want to tell the world that I love Jesus. And we said, June 24th. You you got it, you got it, girl. It's not how you're saved. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that's how you're saved. Baptism is a new beginning. Baptism says, this is what I did in private between God and I, I made this decision. This is the new me and I want everybody in the world to know that this is the new me. That's what baptism is. And so if you're here today and you want to do that, you want to be baptized, it's not too late, give my husband and I the honor of baptizing you at the end of this service. Does that sound good? Okay, so I wanna dive right into the message, but first I wanna open up with prayer. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can come together and we can worship your name, that we can dive into the word and that we can grow closer to you I thank you for each and every person here this morning. I pray that you open up our hearts, soften our hearts to whatever it is that you want us to learn from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My message today is called Keep the Fire Burning. Look at your neighbor and say, keep the fire burning. My three-year-old is obsessed with fire. Those of you who know my three-year-old, you're terrified now, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. You should be. Ever since he was tiny, able, just able to walk, we have a fire pit in our backyard, and he would toddle over to that. We would be making s'mores or hot dogs or whatever. He would toddle over to that and got to the point where we were like, no, 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 he's going to go in, and he was just in awe. He just wanted to touch it. It was just so cool. And matches, lighters. He would watch me light candles around the house and be like, ooh. And it was the kind of ooh where you could see in his eyes, he was like, I'm gonna get a hold of that and I'm gonna burn this place to the ground with it. Kind of ooh. And so I, I, ever since he was little, would put the candles way up where I thought he couldn't get to them. About six months ago, I started lighting candles around my house. I like to light them when I'm cleaning my house, like a good smelling house whenever I'm cleaning. And so I would light my candles and I would come back to them and they would be out. And so naturally I started accusing my husband of blowing out my candles. And he was like, I'm not doing anything to your candles. Calm down, I don't care. And so then I started accusing my 11 year old of it. And she was like, I don't care about your candles either. I'm not doing it. And so for about two weeks, I would light a candle and it would be out by the time I got back into my living room or my bathroom or wherever. And so one day I lit a candle in my living room. I walked out, walked down my hall, was going to my bedroom and thought, oh, I forgot whatever it was I forgot. Walked back into my living room. And in the time it took me to walk out of the living room and then come back, My son had pulled a kitchen chair out of my kitchen, pulled it up to my shelves, and was climbing up my shelves in my living room and blowing my candles out. I said, it's you. It's been you this whole time. And I started to walk towards him so that I could stop him. And he held out his hand and he said, stop. This is very, very dangerous. Like, how dare you like this with me in here? I got to thinking as I was putting this message together, I imagine that those are Satan's very words when he sees one of us passionately living for Christ, driven by God's word, on fire for all things Jesus. She's getting getting dangerous. I need to blow that little candle out. I need to snuff out that flame because he's getting really dangerous to what I'm trying to do. You know, there's nothing that Satan loves more Than a passionless Christian. Why? Because you are no threat to him. You are absolutely no threat to him. The Bible says that. I'm not sure what's happening. Is that thunder? (laughs) The thunder rolls during this message, people. (laughs) I don't even remember where I was at. (laughs) okay God is so passionate about you the Bible talks about how he delights in you the Bible talks about how he rejoices in song over you I imagine it looks a lot like this he he gathers his angels around and he says look at guys come here and look at Lindsay look look at her look at how incredible she is look at her serving people look at her loving people isn't she amazing let's let's sing a song over her this morning let's bless her God is so passionate about you, he sent his only son to die for you. Listen, I love you guys and I love Jesus and I'm really working on it in my own personal life, how to love people the way that Jesus loves them, but I only have one son and I cannot imagine, my brain cannot fathom sending him to die for someone like myself. But that's how passionate God is about each one of you. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, keep the fire burning. Let me give you a little timetable that will better explain to you where this message is going. Now, this is the ideal timetable, okay? So, number one, we accept Jesus into our hearts. A flame is lit as soon as we do that. We start to pursue a relationship with Jesus. We are in the word. We are, we are obsessed with knowledge about, about Jesus. We're in the word. We're praying. We are serving. We are loving. We are doing everything that we're supposed to do. And that fire is building. And it's building and it's building and it's building until it's an inferno. It's building until you are literally unstoppable for the kingdom of God. That is the ideal timetable But it doesn't always happen like that, does it? Let me give you the more realistic timetable. We accept Jesus into our hearts. A flame is lit. We start to pursue a relationship with Jesus. And then life happens. We start to experience some of life's disappointments. And life's difficulties. The people around us that we surround ourselves with maybe aren't the best people to be growing that fire. And so not only does that fire not grow, but eventually it goes out. And then we're just faking it. Then we're just posers. Then we're just going through the motions. Can I be honest with you guys today? Is that okay? Yes. Be really honest. We are not meant to have a casual relationship with Jesus Christ you are not meant to have a casual relationship with Jesus we were not created to go through the motions if you're here today and you're under the impression that you know all there is to know about God already you don't he is vast and he is endless and I learn new things about God every single day we should be continually seeking him we are meant to be consumed by him Hebrews twelve nine says, God is a consuming fire. If you believe that, say amen. If you've got your Bibles or you've got your smartphones, I want you to go with me to Leviticus chapter six, verse twelve. Now, Leviticus is a very, very hard book. For me to read. Okay, I'll just be real honest with you. It is laws upon laws upon Old Testament laws, all the laws that you can possibly think of in Leviticus. But about a year ago, I did a Bible study and it went through Exodus, Leviticus, a little bit of Deuteronomy, and Numbers, all of those really hard books of the Bible to read. And I remember this particular verse standing out to me so much, the Holy Spirit really pointing that out to me, that I wrote it in my journal and underneath it, in all caps, I put but potential message. And I was flipping through my journal. I was, I was praying and thinking about what it was that I was going to speak to you guys about today. And that verse, I flipped to it and I thought, today's the day and you are the people. So Leviticus chapter 12 or chapter 6, verse 12 says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning, it must never go out. Now, what's being referenced here? You guys know Moses right? A lot of you know Moses. He led the Hebrew people out of Egypt. They'd been slaves for over 400 years. He led them out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness waiting for the promised land. And God gives them direction on how to build the first tabernacle or the first temple in the wilderness. This would house the Ark of the Covenant. It would house this bronze altar. And he gave specific instructions to the Hebrew people on how this was to be built. I mean, down to the very dimension, littlest dimension on how this altar was to be built. And he gave very specific instructions on how it was to remain after it was built, okay? So skip down to Leviticus chapter nine. Moses has a brother named Aaron. Aaron and his sons are being ordained as priests, okay? And they've been, it's, it's been a day of sacrificing things on this altar uh, to God and Moses and Aaron are blessing all of the Hebrew people and it says, all of a sudden, as they're blessing people, fire from the glory of God comes down and lights this altar on fire. So Jesus, we thank you, we bless all these people, boom, this altar is ablaze, okay? You see, it was up to God, to start the fire on the altar, but it was up to man to keep it going. God starts a fire, lights a flame in your heart. When you become a believer, it's up to you, it's up to me to do the work to keep that fire going. Second Timothy 1.6 says, for this reason I remind you to fan the flame. Everybody say fan the flame. Of the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Why should we do this? Why should we live passionately for Jesus? Why should we keep this fire burning? Why can't we have a casual, routine relationship with Jesus? Well, here's why fire is illuminating. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Fire lights the way in the dark. Do you get where I'm going with this? You know, many, 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 many years ago, before the wonderful invention of electricity, back when my mother-in-law was a child. (laughs) Fire was the only source of light people had. You see, the brighter the flame, the more someone can see the right way. The brighter your flame, the more you are pointing people in the right direction. Did you ever stop to think you may be the only light illuminating someone's life? I hear people say all the time, we're living in a dark world. Do you hear that? These are dark times. You're right. Let's stop talking about it and let's start lighting the way for people. Fire is also purifying. Isaiah 48:10 says, "I've refined you, but not without fire." I've tested you like silver in the furnace of affliction. You see, fire removes all impurities from whatever is in the furnace so that it can be made perfect. To be truly on fire, if that's how you want to say it, for Christ, we have to be willing to let some impurities go, right? We have to be willing to allow him to remove some impurities, some things that are holding us back. And you know what? Sometimes that can be really uncomfortable, Sometimes that can feel a lot like affliction, a lot like suffering. Things like insecurity, doubt, fear, jealousy, shame, unforgiveness, cruelty. You gotta let it go. You've gotta allow Him to purify that so that you can grow. Everybody say Amen. First John one seven says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Fire is also powerful. Fire destroys everything in its way. Any kind of barrier, any kind of hindrance, fire doesn't care. Fire destroys anything that could possibly stop it, could possibly get in its way. I find it interesting that when God shows his glory, a lot of the times in the Bible, it's in the form of fire. His anger is in the form of fire. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 says that when he comes back, he will be in a blazing fire with his angels. And who more powerful Than Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The point of the Holy Spirit and the fire was power. And if you are a believer here today, you have that same power that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, teaching you, guiding you, leading you. You have that same power on the inside of you. You have that same drive on the inside of you. You have that same passion on the inside of you. You should be unstoppable. Amen. Fire is also consuming, like we talked about before. Have you guys ever liked something or someone so much that people would say that you were obsessed with it? Perhaps consumed by it? I remember when my husband and I were dating, he was obsessed with me. <laughs> Shh. He was. Spouses in the room, do you remember when you first started dating? You, you could not get enough of each other. You wanted to spend every waking moment together. I remember when Butch and I first started dating, and we would talk on the phone every single night for five or six hours. It was ridiculous. I'm not talking to anybody anymore for five or six hours. <laughs> we were that couple. We were that couple who were like, no, you hang up first. No, you. No, you. Listen, if he did that to me today, baby, you hang up first. I'd be like, okay, bye. I don't have time for that. I got three kids. Consumed to the point of obsession. 13 years ago, I was obsessed with my husband. Today, I want to be obsessed with Jesus. Matthew chapter 5. verse 6 says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Let me put it to you this way. Cuz you may be here and you may be thinking, it's really hard for me to read the Bible. It's it's hard for me to pray. I I just can't get started. Here's the deal. The more you seek, the more you get. The more you get, the more you want. Let me say that again. The more you seek, the more you get. The more you get, the more you want. The more I read God's word, the more I want to read God's word. The more time I spend in prayer, the more I want to pray. The more I serve others, the more I want to serve others. Back to that, blessed are those who, are hung, who hunger and thirst. Have you ever been to a you know, family gathering or a restaurant where either the food wasn't very good or there just wasn't enough? It's never happened at your house, Marnie, just so you know. But you leave there and you you went there expecting to be full, expecting to be satisfied, expecting to not be hungry anymore. But you left there feeling unsatisfied and not filled and hungry for more. I can't tell you how many times we've gotten in the car after being at a restaurant somewhere or, or, or somewhere where we didn't get to eat very much, and we looked at each other and we were like, Chick-fil-A? <laughs> yeah, Chick-fil-A, because it's the Lord's food. <laughs> I imagine that maybe there are some of you here today who have spent most of your life feeling that way, unsatisfied, unfulfilled, hungry for more in life, and you've probably tried to fill those voids. You've probably tried to fill what's missing with things of this earth, only to come up more empty and more unsatisfied. Can I be honest with you today? The only person who can satisfy your soul is Jesus. So you can keep searching You can search from one end of the earth to the other end. You can continue to be stubborn if that's the problem. You can continue to be in denial if that's the problem. But until you realize, until you figure out, until you sit down and say, Jesus is what it takes, you will continue to feel unsatisfied, unfulfilled, and hungry for more. Until we start to hunger and thirst for the things of Jesus, for the the kingdom of God, the more filled and satisfied we will become. See, it goes like this. We hunger and thirst. We seek God in all things that fire builds. And you are consumed and you are unstoppable. I want to be unstoppable for the kingdom of God. I want to be where there's nothing I won't do for Jesus. Amen? Listen, you guys, we weren't meant to just exist. You weren't meant to walk through those doors every Sunday or every other Sunday, however often you come, and sit in these seats and say hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord, and let the worship and the teaching go in one ear and out the other, and walk back out those doors and go back to doing whatever it is that you do on a day-to-day basis. You have a calling, I have a calling, I have a mandate, I have a job to do on this earth. And when I do it with passion, when I do it with a fire down in my heart, it feels less like a job and more like a privilege, amen? Feels less like a job and more like an honor to live out my calling. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, keep the fire burning. Now look at the other person that you've been ignoring all morning and say, she means you. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, But you are the ones chosen by God, not just me, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Keep the fire burning. Fires have to be refueled. They have to be fed. You don't just start a fire once and it stays lit forever. So how do we do that? How do we keep the fire burning? Number one, we pursue an intimate relationship with Jesus. Don't just read the word to get the answers that you are needing. Read the word to get to know the word. John 1-1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Get to know the word. Learn his characteristics. Learn the things that made him sad, the things that made him happy. Learn how he dealt with conflict. Learn how he loved people. Do this. Do this daily and build a relationship, an intimate, passionate relationship with your Savior. Use the same drive that you use to build your marriage. Use the same drive that you use to to build friendships, to build a thriving relationship with Jesus. Number two, take the next step. And I'm going to break this down really 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 simple for you guys here in just a minute because I'm the kind of girl who if there's a problem, give me the step by steps to fix it. So, take the next step. Listen, you do not have to take all the steps. You just have to take the next step. So, if you are a non-believer in here, if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart, or maybe you did when you were younger or or years ago, but you no longer follow him, and you're feeling that tug, you're feeling that, that pull on your heart from the Holy Spirit, the first thing you need to do today is accept Jesus into your heart. Okay? That's number one for the non believer. And then you need to get plugged into a church. Preferably our church, because it's cool, right? <laughs> but we don't care. Just get plugged in to a church, okay? So that's the non-believer. For the new believer in here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get plugged into the word. If you have a Bible at home, I want you to get it out. Even if you read a verse a day, even if you read a chapter a day, it does not matter. Get started. Get plugged into the word. You have to start somewhere. And if you are a new believer in here and you attend our church, go to Growth Track. I knew you'd like that, Baylor. Baylor's gonna talk more about that next week, I'm sure. But Growth Track allows you to learn more about what the Bible says about important things like baptism and communion and what our church believes. Go to Growth Track. Figure out where you can serve best. Figure out where in ministry you will thrive and you will flourish. If you're here today and you are a casual believer, and this may step on some toes. Serving God has become routine for you. Maybe you're here today and you think you're doing everything that you could possibly be doing for God. You're not. I'm not. And so if you're here today and you are the casual believer, I want to encourage you to commit to one new thing outside your comfort zone. Okay, maybe, maybe you've been feeling like, I re- man, I really feel like God's leading me to serve in this ministry, but man, that's going to be uncomfortable. I may, have to, I may have to be on stage. I may have to teach kids. I may have to change a diaper. I don't want to do that. Do it. Yeah. That's your next step. Maybe it's serving in your community, serving in an outreach in a community, and you don't really want to do that because, man, those are, it's uncomfortable. Those people, I don't, know, I don't know if I can do that. Do it. I don't know what it looks like for you, but commit to one new thing that is outside your comfort zone. Next, I want you, maybe you don't come to church every Sunday. That's okay. I want you to commit to one more Sunday, just one more Sunday, if you are the casual believer, okay? And number two, I want you to get plugged into the word. There's a U version there's an app on your phone okay you click on it you go to the daily verse you read it takes five seconds and you're done commit to one verse a day to help you build that fire back up and if you are the casual believer here today and you're thinking about making a change you're feeling like that needs to happen i want you to get an accountability partner I want you to tell somebody that you love, that you trust, that will encourage you and support you. This is what I'm doing to change my life. This is what I'm doing to change my relationship with the Lord, this, this, and this, and I want you to keep me accountable. And if you're here today and somebody asks you to do that, I want you to do that for them. And if you're here this morning and you're the mature Christian, your next step may look something like sharing the wisdom. Start a Bible study. Start a small group. Step out in faith. Be obedient. Let me share something personal with you. I've been a believer for 22 years, most of my life. I have loved Jesus and I have served Jesus. And recently, he's been tugging on my heart about missions, which is so far out in left field for me. And I've come up with every single excuse I could come up with. I'm still coming up with them. I just want to be real with all of you and transparent, okay? I'm still coming up with excuses for him. The finances aren't there. My kids aren't old enough. I don't have the time. But you know what? After 22 years of serving the Lord, if he tells me to go, I better go. If he tells me that's your next step, I better take that next step. James chapter 3 verse 5 says it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. This is your call to action. This is your challenge. Keep the fire burning. The fire on the altar should never go out. It must be kept burning. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of these people. I thank you that you're the kind of God that that when we mess up, when we've not been living life the way that we we should, you don't chastise us, you don't make us feel bad, you don't say, hey, you know you're not supposed to be doing that, but you welcome us with love and you say, it's okay. It's okay. I forgive you. I got you. I will help you do better. I will help you live life better. I thank you that you are forgiving, that you are loving. Bless these people, bless your people. Help us to be obedient to you. Help us to take the next step, whatever that looks like in our lives, and to be fearless about it, to be fearless and courageous about taking that next step. If you're here this morning, and please, nobody looking around, I never wanna leave the opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. If you're here today and you are that non-believer that I spoke about and you feel God saying, it's time. It's time to take that next step. If you're here today, And you would like to say the prayer to accept Jesus into your heart. I want to pray with you. I do not want to single you out. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you come to the front or do anything crazy. I just simply want to know that there are people here that I'm praying with. So if that's you, I just want you to simply lift your hand and put it right back down.